Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. I'm your host, Paul Fritschner. This show is produced by Chatterbox Sports. I want to quickly give a massive thank you to everybody who has subscribed already. I was blown away by the support on day one. The downloads and subscription numbers were like three times my launch goal. So I really appreciate everyone who has tuned in shared the show to their friends and family, whoever might care about Cincinnati area college hoops. Great support already. I have Justin Williams of The Athletic on today's show to talk about Isaiah Collier's recruitment and the Bearcats start to the season. But before we get to that, let's start with the big news out of Kentucky on Monday, and it was the commitment of five-star recruit DJ Wagner, which gives the Wildcats an all-time class of recruits for 2023. According to 24-7, they now have the numbers 1, 2, 6, 9, and 29th ranked recruits for the 2023 class. If you recognize the name DJ Wagner, it might be because of his dad, Dewan Wagner. I was reading an article today by Jack Pilgrim about this story. Dewan played for Coach Cal at Memphis all the way back in 2001-2002. He was Cal's first one and done. Obviously, Cal one and done, that's what he's become famous for. Dewan Wagner was the first. He originally wanted to stay at Memphis another year, but Cal convinced him to declare for the draft in 2002, where he was picked sixth overall and signed for $10.7 million. Well, Dewan's NBA career was cut short due to health concerns when he had to get his colon removed in 2005 after being diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Dewan says that he owes his life to Cal for making him go to the draft and earn that life-changing money for his family. Fast forward about 17 years, and his son, one of the best high school players in the country, has now committed to play for Cal. On Tuesday night, Kentucky plays Michigan State in the Champions Classic at Gainbridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. The Wildcats, as I record this, are six-point favorites over the Spartans. Now, this is a Michigan State team that's looking for a big win coming off that loss on Friday night against Gonzaga on the aircraft carrier. Does Oscar Shibwe play in this game? And if Shibwe plays, how much does he play? That's something big to keep an eye on for Tuesday night's game. Now we flip to Cincinnati. The anticipation is building for Wednesday's Decision Day by Isaiah Collier. He'll decide where he wants to go to school. I mentioned 24-7 earlier. If you look at On3's rankings, Collier is the number one overall recruit in the class of 2023, a program-defining talent to complement Rayvon Griffith, who's already committed to wear the red and black. After all this time waiting, we'll finally find out whether he's going to go to Cincinnati, Michigan, USC, or UCLA. I talked to Justin Williams from The Athletic, what he's hearing about the Isaiah Collier recruitment, and also, like I said, his first impressions on the UC team through the first week of the season. Justin Williams of The Athletic joining me now on the Rebound Rundown. Justin, first of all, thanks so much for joining me here today. And we're here to talk about a potentially huge decision for UC on Wednesday when Isaiah Collier will make his decision deciding between UC, Michigan, USC, and UCLA. This could be a program-defining decision for the UC Bearcats and Wes Miller and the trajectory of this program for the next few years when you couple him and his commitment potentially with a guy like Rayvon Griffith. But Justin, thank you so much for taking the time today, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. 
Yeah, so what have you heard about Isaiah Collier? He visited over the weekend. He got the nip at night experience, and it seemed like for all that we saw on social media, he really enjoyed it. So did you hear anything? Yeah, I mean, I think the it was technically an unofficial visit. I think it went well. Uh, his high school team, Wheeler, uh, from down in Atlanta, Georgia, was up here scrimmaging uh, Sycamore. Uh, I guess a couple of teams they play to start the season are – play really similar style to, to Sycamore. So that was good for them from that perspective. You know, in terms of Cincinnati, like, look, he wasn't going to learn anything new here. He, he'd been on an official visit before. Yeah, he did get to do the the nip at night experience. So, so maybe that was maybe something a little bit different. Um, but he's very, very familiar with this coaching staff. Um, Wes Miller and his assistants have, you know, been to Atlanta plenty of times when they've been able to. And, uh, and he's obviously been up here for an official visit previously during last basketball season. So I don't know that there was anything uh, new from that perspective, but Look, he was in town, and if you're Cincinnati and you got a shot at the the number one recruit in the class, and he's in your city, what six days before he's going to announce his commitment decision, like you got to do whatever you can. And so, uh, I think it was them just making sure, all right, he's here. Let's let's get him a different stadium. Uh, let's try and get people excited about it, and then you know hope that whatever last pitch we can make uh, will will work out for them on on Wednesday. It's always funny hearing about recruiting and how coaches always try to be the last one, right? You want to be the last, the best in mind when you make a, a commitment. And for UC, they will be the last team that he visits before his commitment on Wednesday. So can you tell me anything that you heard, any reaction from inside of UC, any, anything about how that commitment went, not just from Isaiah, but maybe from inside the program? Yeah. And, you know, you said it, that, that's always a thing in recruiting, right? You want to be, you want to be last with, with this kid, Isaiah Collier, I'm not sure that matters. He's a little bit different. His whole recruitment's been different. I mean, you look, if you, he's the top prospect in the country and his top four, maybe not the traditional top four that, that you would think from a, a player of his caliber. Um, he doesn't love the attention or, or kind of the spotlight. And I think that's why it almost feels like his recruitment's been a little bit under the radar nationally. Um, and I think that's just because th that's not what that kid's about. So for a lot of people, you'd think, you know, I'm sure if you're USC or Michigan or whoever looking at this thinking like, oh my gosh, he's on Cincinnati's campus for a football game, you know, a couple of days before he commits. I don't know that he's a kid that that's like going to matter or going to sway him. You know, I'm sure it's nice. A bunch of UC fans went out to his scrimmage at Sycamore on Saturday as well. I'm sure he likes and notices that. Uh, but the type of kid this is, I, I, you know, from what I understand from my reporting, as of, you know, Monday, he had not made a decision. His plan was to make a decision Tuesday, announce it Wednesday. And I think that's true. And and I think he's taken in and weighing everything. Um, but but kind of the kid he is, I don't know that like the nip at night experience would necessarily push him over the edge. Um, from Cincinnati's perspective, I, you know, I, I think they feel like they're in it right here at the end. Um, they, they have a chance to get the number one player in the country. You're right. It, it's a program altering program defining, uh, you know, commitment if you would make it to Cincinnati. And I think they can, they're not going to sleep easy, but they can at least go to bed Tuesday night, wake up Wednesday, knowing that they did everything in their power to try and get this kid. And, and if they don't, then, um, you know, they, they don't have any regrets for it at least. Just real quick before we move on to a, a rundown of how UC has played so far in the first week, if for people that haven't followed his recruitment, it's a, like you said, pretty weird assortment of schools where you have two Southern California schools in USC and UCLA, then you throw Michigan in there, and then there's UC. So for people that haven't followed it, how did he break down to these last four? 
Yeah, I think it was a lot based on relationships. And, you know, he's talked a lot about how he wanted to see teams play a couple games this season to kind of get a sense of the talent on their roster and guys who might be coming back. And so, you know, I know for a fact that, like, there have been SEC schools that were recruiting this kid since he was in middle school. And, you know, Kansas was recruiting him at some point. And so, like, just speaking from from Cincinnati, and I'm sure it's the same for those other finalists, you know, Wes Miller and his staff just did a really good job. You know, they identified him early. He was a, like, you know, a five-star recruit uh, when he visited last February, but he wasn't the number one prospect in the country. Um, you know, but I think they were on him and, and really built that relationship as strong as they possibly could. And I think it's the same for, you know, the other finalists that he has on his list. And so for, for him, again, he's just a little bit of a different kid. I think he really looked at how does he feel about his relationship with the staff? How does he feel about how he would fit in that system? Because if we're being honest, you know, in his mind, and if everything goes well, he's probably going to be a one-year player. You know, he's the top, you know, kid in the, in the class. Usually those guys are one-and-done type players. And so I think he's looking at it as, what can I do in, in one year there and, and help prepare me for the next level? And for Cincinnati's case, you, you got to give Wes Miller and his staff credit. You also have to give the fact that they're going to the Big 12 credits. I think if we're being honest, there's no chance that this team was playing in the AAC next season that Isaiah Collier would be considering going there. What does your gut tell you? Just your gut. Do you feel like UC fans are popping champagne on Wednesday night, or, or or where are we at? It would it would be unfair for me to make a prediction because I've asked people that are much closer and, and know him much better than I do uh, what they think, and, and they don't have a guess either. <laughs> it's I would wild. Say, it's wild that that's where we're at. But what would you say? If you had asked me a week ago, you know what I think the chances of him picking Cincinnati are, I would have said I'd be shocked if that happened. I wouldn't say I'm shocked anymore. I guess I would say I'd be more surprised. Um, but it just feels like as we're getting closer and closer to this, not that it's like a 50-50 shot, but I think Cincinnati's right there and has a chance. Um, and, and, again, that's a credit to the work that Wes Miller and his staff have done the past year plus. All right, Justin. Well, real quick before I let you go, I want to get your overall impressions on UC to start this season. This week they have NKU at NKU as the return game for the – fifth third renovations over the last uh, couple of years and then next week it's Maui so you get that tune-up game against the Norse Landers Nolly to me has looked great David DeJulius we know we get out of DeJulius Victor Locken looks like he's taken some steps some injury concerns too so let's let's get a quick breakdown of how you think the Bearcats have played yeah, John Newman the third, the kind of the injury you're, you're, you're referencing, doesn't sound like he's going to be available. We don't have an exact timeline, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be available for Maui. And that's a huge blow. He's their best perimeter defender, and you're going up against some elite talent out in Maui. I would say that the first week, you know, it's been uh, exciting, encouraging. There are some frustrating stretches at times, uh, especially against Cleveland State and EKU, where they let those guys, you know, climb back in a little bit. Um, but I think you're seeing some of the – progress and added talent from last year compared to last year and, and the biggest thing will just be you can add the nku game on wednesday into this you're seeing it all you know in games that admittedly cincinnati should win so what does it look like when they go out to maui and they play arizona and then you know play what maybe san diego state or ohio state or something like that um, i'm going to be very interested to see how it translates um, because there have been some encouraging signs and i think the team is definitely better compared to last year but but what does it look like when they go against a, a really formidable opponent sure justin i appreciate it thanks so much for taking the time nku this wednesday i'll be there maybe i'll, I'll see you down there along the way and uh, are you going to maui next week you getting the swim trunks out I'm unfortunately not going to Maui. I'm going to Philadelphia for the football game. Um, so a little bit different temperature wise, uh, but I'll be, I'll be staying up late and watching and following along. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Justin. And uh, we'll check back in with you soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, Paul.
Thanks again to Justin for taking the time, and we'll hear more again from him next week around time for Maui. Let's talk the Miami Redhawks. Miami got off to a really bad start in Monday night's game against the Georgia Bulldogs, dug themselves into a 21-8 hole in the first 10 minutes. They tried to overcome it, and they gave Georgia a run for their money. Travis Steele's Redhawks outscored the Bulldogs 42-39 in the second half, but it just wasn't enough. Miami loses 77-70. Let's move to Tuesday night's games. We already talked about Kentucky to start the show, so it's time to talk about the Xavier Musketeers. Sean Miller said that Fairfield represents the biggest challenge of the team's first three games so far. That's Morgan State, Montana, and now the Stags, who come to Cintas with an 0-2 record to start the year. 71-59 season opening loss to Wake Forest, and then an 83-71 loss to New Hampshire in Game 2. Sean Miller talked about how deliberate the Stags are in the half court, which is going to be a different style than Xavier has faced so far this year. That game tips at 9 o'clock on FS2. It's their last tune-up before Friday's massive tilt against Indiana. Up at Wright State, the 1-1 one one Raiders take on Bowling Green at 7 at the Nutter Center. The Falcons are 2-0 with wins over Air Force and Oakland. And to finish off this show, it's Dayton who moved up three spots in Monday's AP poll to number 21 in the country. They're on the road in Las Vegas to take on a 2-0 UNLV team who has beaten Southern and Incarnate Word. Flyers looking to go to 3-0 behind another strong game from Deron Holmes and company. Also, if you didn't see the Carolina Blues that Dayton wore in Friday's game against SMU, go check them out. It's a great look. That is everything you need to know for Tuesday. Thanks again for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed the show, leaving a rating and a review, share it with your friends. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow.